dispatch to all units. This is a third alarm. Switch to the TAC channel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. We got a guest in the house today. Uh, this has been a long time coming. Been uh, working on, on getting the schedules and everything lined up with uh, um, conflicting fire shifts and everything like that. It's not always easy, but uh, just want to let it. We got a uh, Cap Marjay Nip in the house today. He uh, worked with me for a couple years. We worked hand in hand. Both of us were captains at a fire department together. Worked a shitload of overtime together. Made a bunch of crazy fires together. Uh, got our uh, our asses whooped by a cokehead together, and. Uh, <laughs> So basically now we just, uh, you know, moving through life and he's a currently a, uh, still a captain in the fire service in the Houston, Texas area. He, um, he's a, a professional boxer and, um, races motocross and stuff like that on his days off, pretty much a little adrenaline junkie. And we've become really good friends over the last few years. And he has a, a great mindset on, on everything in the fire service, been to hell and back himself. And um, we really just wanted to get him on the show and start talking about everything and his outlooks on leadership and relationships and uh, personal life. I mean, you name it, we're going to try to jump into it today. So uh, y'all welcome RJ Nett to the, to the show. What's up, man? Well, that's been a long time coming. Uh, oh, hell yeah. I'm, uh, I'm stoked to finally have you on and and uh, get everything get everything going. Uh, for those of you that don't know, he actually is um, a uh, the professional boxer that we've been sponsoring for his training stuff. Uh, he was lined up to fight this month in a, a professional boxing, and uh, with the promoters and stuff, his fight ended up falling through. So we're working on first of next year, uh, him having a fight, and we'll be there for that, supporting him and and doing what we can to uh, to get his uh, fight career out there and, and try to help him out financial wise yeah. and i've so. man it is greatly 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 appreciated man greatly appreciated <laughs> yeah it's, it's not always easy doing everything on a fireman budget so uh, uh, well we, <laughs> got to do what we can for each other yeah only fans was out so i had to pick, pick something else <laughs> <laughs> yeah everybody might not appreciate that uh, but, uh, i thought it would have been funny yeah, definitely would have been entertaining. You, you'd be more of a feet finder kind of guy, I think. Probably. But uh, anyway, man, well, uh, you know, I know a lot about you, but I know all the listeners and stuff don't. So uh, just want to kind of dive in um, and we can we can talk a little bit about your uh, history and stuff. Like, where where did you grow up? I know you're from up north. Where did you grow up? Yeah, so I think I'm probably maybe the only Yankee people like down here. Uh, I've been here since 2007. February 2007, man, that's when I got here. Stepped off the plane with a literally a black trash bag full of some clothes, and uh, my buddies from the military picked me up and said, all right, man, hey, welcome to Texas, and on from <laughs> Hobby down to uh, Lake Jackson, and that's where I, I first lived when I first moved down here. So, yeah, it's been a good time, man. I, I can't ever picture, you know, my, my parents and stuff and brothers and sisters are still back east, but I can't picture going back. There's just... There's just nothing back there other than the family. I got you. Yeah, once Texas gets on you, it kind of stays, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you'll need a freaking uh, passport here soon to get into Texas, so I might as well just stay here. I know, that's right. 
That's exactly how I feel. I, I don't ever really want to leave unless it's vacation, and then I want to come back. Yeah, yeah. Well, Get out uh, and realize what shit is like, and you're like, nah, I'm going back to Texas. <laughs> well, what? Uh, you were in the Navy, huh? I was. I was a. Uh, I was an engineer in the Navy. Nothing. Uh, nothing fancy. Just typical engineer. What, there uh, to keep my ass out of trouble. <laughs> what year did you go in? Uh, two thousand two. Oh, okay. I got you. So two yep. to what? Around two thousand six, two thousand seven. Uh, yeah, a little earlier than that. Um, premature injury caused me to get out early. So uh, that's how I ended up with that lovely titanium bar in my leg that you've seen or felt, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one that's got you in the cold weather, hating life. Yeah, 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 yeah. that lovely bastard. Mm. But uh, you know, shit happens for a reason, man. And then I moved down here. And then, uh, you know, typical, I'm going to make a big fight, and then that's how I'm going to make my career. And, what, 2008, I turned pro, and I've been fighting. I've done kickboxing. I've, I haven't done a true traditional Muay Thai fight, which would be absolutely amazing to do uh, until I go to Thailand and fight. Uh, but I've done kickboxing. I've done cage fighting. Um, you know, I'd, I'm even down to do bare knuckle as well. But, uh you know, hopefully February 11th, man, uh, somewhere up near Conroe. Not sure the exact uh, venue, but we're going to get it back on, man. Awesome. Yeah, well, we, uh, we're going to do everything we can to be there, but we're going to be supporting you regardless. Um, what? Uh, yeah, it's just going to be contingent on me when the baby gets here. That's, that's what hinders me from doing a lot of stuff these days, just waiting on the baby. Hey, but, man, uh, I, got, I got some headphones. Or uh, earmuffs the kids wear all the time, man. You could uh, put them on them. Just come on. <laughs> I hear that. Well, when uh, when did you get your fire certain stuff? Uh, I knew you were you were fighting. Uh, you fought MMA professionally for a while. Uh, I did, and then I was living off my GI Bill. And shit, that was way back when things were easier. Um, I was literally just living off my GI Bill. GI paid for school. Went to fire school. Went to paramedic school. Uh, it's been, this is 2022. Yeah, it's been 12 years, bro. Come up 13 years. Okay. I got you. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, you worked on the north side of Houston there for a while. Um, you held rank there. Yeah, you were a captain over there, huh? I, the heat, that damn phone cut out, but I didn't hear what you said. Oh, I just said, uh, you, uh. So you, you worked on the north side. Is that the first place that you worked when you worked on the north side of Houston? Yeah, so I started out in Bel Air. Um, Bel Air, then I went back down to Texas City because I was still in Alvin. Um, you know, and then I, then I got the opportunity to do something a lot of paramedics, even if they won't, you know, say it aloud, a lot of paramedics want to fly, and I had the opportunity and tested and surprising definitely surprising to myself, did really well, became a flight paramedic. Um, I still stayed in the fire service, work at a part-time fire job up in the, in the north side as well, um, up, you know, place where they burn nonstop. Um, <laughs> you know, so I was up there, and then uh, one of the guys I was working with there just happened to say, hey, you know, we're hiring, we're looking for captains, guys that have experience, certs. And it was about the time the ESDs were making the change, man, from – volunteer to you know from volunteer duty crew to pay you guys and uh i had the time you know so i said why not 
and yeah, Northside was my first uh, full-time captain spot, man. I got you. Yeah, I know you uh, You rode a tower up there for a while and uh, got to do a little trucky stuff, too. Yeah, you know how it is, man. I mean, down here, uh, I'd say unless you're in a big-time a big time department, you know, trucky work down here is not like trucky work like what we all want, you know. <laughs> it's all, it's all, yeah, it's all fun and games, man. I'd love to be a full time trucky, especially a trucky captain. Um, but it just, at this point in time, man, just fucking put me in the direction of where the fucking fire is, and I don't give a shit what I'm on. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, you still, uh, yeah, you still impress the hell out of me after we, uh, you know, work together. You still getting it. Uh, yeah, a lot of guys they. They try to slow down when they try to get older, but you seem to just keep firing it up and finding more shit to get into. Yeah, that's, um, that's just the way it is, man. That's the way, if, you know, what we do, if that's the way I'm going to go, that's the way it's going to go. Balls at the wall. I don't want right. to slow down. If I slow down, I think I'm going to start feeling old, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree with you there. Well, uh, how long did you fly? Uh, it's 2000. Oh, shit, was it 2016, 17, 18, to 2019, so 16 to 19, then I was at, no, I'm sorry, six to 16 to 18, 18, I was in the north side, 18 to 20, and then I went and did that search and rescue gig, so if I'm not hanging from a helicopter, man, or in the helicopter, I've always been a fireman. I got you. I was going to say, yeah, because you came to work with me right after you had got done doing the search and rescue offshore stuff. And Yep. And that was, fun that, while, that was fun while it lasts, man. But to make that a full-time gig, man, I think that was more of a, uh, I guess I want to say like a bucket list thing. Like that was everything it could have been. Um, I don't know. Did y'all you basically know, I, like what? What was it? Y'all would like go out there and pick people up off of boats and rigs and stuff out in the, in the Gulf and – yeah, I mean, we, bring them back it was literally what? it was literally just a civilian. Uh, you know, I don't want to down it. The best way to put it to people that would know is that it's a civilian uh, coast guard. You know, we had a we had two pilots, a paramedic, a hoist technician, and then we had a swimmer. And out of helicopter was always the paramedic and the and the swimmer. Whether it was unless it was water, if it was water, it was just a swimmer. And that's what their job was. But, uh, yeah, we'd hoist to platform platforms. Uh, if it involves an old company or anything out in, out in the Gulf, you pretty much guarantee that we've hoisted or somehow have gotten to it. So it, it, was, it was fun while it lasted. Just wasn't something that was meant to be for a long period of time. But I'm definitely glad I got to do it. It was fun. I'll say it's pretty pretty cool just the pictures and videos and whatnot that I got to see from it. Uh that'd be a pretty pretty neat experience. Yeah, I don't know the yeah. long term that would be uh the same as being in the fire service, but it definitely uh that would be cool to do. It's what it was, man. It's just like, you know, and we're gonna dive into this, but you know what what it was missing was I think why I originally got into the fire service to begin with, which was the brotherhood, the the ball busting, the joking around, the the family, you know what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. guys to the left or the right. You know, wait, anybody in this job didn't get in it just to be a ball busting, you know, whatever. 
he got in it because he or she got into it because they wanted the left and the right feeling. Hey, I got motherfuckers to, I got guys to my six, I got guys to my left, I got guys to my right. And Absolutely. that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And holy shit. 13 years of that, and I, I, I slowly think that, I don't want to say it's gone, I don't I don't really think it's gone, but I definitely think the firemen need to step up and, and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Take it back. I mean, this is our, yeah. this is our job, this is what we do, you know? Oh, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more. Um, and that's really, you know, I mean, you've been you've been a supporter of the, of the show and the movement from the you know very beginning when we just were, it was just an idea we were just talking about it. you know you were you were all in, um, and that, that's really that's something that's that's been a huge uh, pivotal point in my life. Launching this and doing this is uh, is that's exactly it's it's the brotherhood. It's about the the firefighters themselves, and um, you know it's it's always a struggle with everything that's, that's going on in admin everything that's going on in the government and everything like that, you know, your local governments, your politics and all that kind of mess. But, but I really feel like the last uh, few years, it's uh, the guys in the station. It's not the same as it was 10 years ago. Not at all. No, not, I mean, not at all, but and it's the guys that, you know, the guys, the old guys now, the, the old heads, you know, the true, the true smoke eaters of the day are, are starting to leave, man, that it just is what it is. And it, it's a new up and coming generation. And, you know, the generation that learned from those smoke eaters is now starting to get in front, but you know, it just, I, you're right. You know, 10 years ago was not what it is right now. It was still, Hey, you learn your, you learn your job, do what you're supposed to do. You know, as a rookie, you're you're taking the brunt end of all the shit, no matter what it is. But at the end of the day, it was you were earning someone's respect from that because they did it. It wasn't a rookie busting ass just because that's what we wanted to do, and that was a cool thing to do. It was rite of passage. You were earning your right to become a fireman. That's a, yeah, that's exactly how I feel, and and I really I think a lot of uh, you know I. I'm kind of at a cross when it comes to a lot of the rookie stuff because, um, you know, I did it just like you did it multiple times over, uh, you know, having essentially start over because you made moves, uh, departmental moves and whatnot. But I think that used to uh, you would make it through all that. You would kind of prove yourself, get your record, and then, uh, you know, your reputation up and whatnot. And honestly, I feel like you had a you actually had a voice once you made it through that, that point. But now it seems like you just are supposed to keep doing that rookie stuff over and over and over again, and you never get a voice. You're just supposed to be to the fire service and the, you know, they want to say the uh, paramilitary version of everything. But you still, even like me and you that's been in, you know, 15 years now, whatever, we still don't have a voice. And we're like, damn, you know, we're it. We're all the 30-year guys, they're on their ways out, and but we're still not credible enough to have a voice uh so who does have a voice you know um yeah it's like how much basically how much shit you got to eat and how many how many fires you have to make how much how much experience you really have to have before you're credible to some of these people um they still just want to look down you know look down at age well you're you know you haven't been in as long as you're well hell it's not even possible for us to be in for as long as some of these folks are in and 
guys just still don't want to listen. So I, uh, I kind of I'm at like I'm at a cross with the whole rookie stuff because yeah, it seemed like used to you got there, you busted your ass, you made a good name for yourself, you did all you know the the little nuanced stuff that you had to go through, but then you became part of the crew, and then you kind of got your voice, you got it, you had the ability to have an opinion and and this that and the other, and now it's just like no, you're just supposed to still keep being just a stupid rookie and never never say anything, just take the shit, whatever we say, just take it. Yeah, and that, you know, and and being you know as we talked earlier, being a current captain, you know, I I have a rookie, and you know that's not the way I want him to be. I, I you know, and and he's a good dude, man. He, you know, he came in, um, didn't have a whole lot of fire experience. He's he's busted his ass. He's made some mistakes, and he's learned from his mistakes, and he's going to continue to learn from his mistakes. But the one thing that I've definitely told my crew. You know, which is, you know how it is. That That's really the only thing that we can control. We can control as a crew, hey, we're going to uh, embrace the stuck today, and there was no easy day but yesterday. Right. You know, today's a different day. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. So, and, and you know, that is from the place we were at. I've always said that you have one of two things in the fire department. You either have the money or you have the crew. It just so happens where I'm at now. I've got both. It's just. You know, it's time to move past the old age stuff. Like we have to, we have to adapt. We have to evolve. This is what we do as firemen. We don't, we don't just stay offensive at one room. If we're being pushed and we can make an attack from another room, we evolve and we go after it again. And that's just what needs to happen. Is just the involvement of it as a department in whole. I don't ever want a rookie or crews that just are mindless drones and don't. Voice their opinions. Now, granted, there's ways to do it, but yeah, I, I yeah, like what you said. I, I don't ever want to be like that. And as a captain, that's something I can control. Don't don't be like that. If there's a question, ask. If something, ask. Whatever. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, you and I, as far as the, you know, we've been through the hell. Uh, you know, work for a department that that took away our rank pay for over a year, and uh, then worked a. Worked us in a shitload of overtime because of staffing crisis and everything else, and basically we had to eat all that overtime, uh, you know. And we got paid at a at a rookie rate rather than a, an officer rate like we were supposed to have been. Um, so you know we've been through all that kind of mess of the political stuff. You know, I, I constantly see pretty much day in and day out. You know, you see all these memes every day on Facebook. Everybody posting, you know, about leadership this or. Uh, you know, employer to employee that, you know, it's just, it's everywhere, but primarily in the fire service, there's constant just posts and people talking about the, the lack of leadership, the, the poor, you know, employment practices, whatever, whatever it is, you know, it's just, it's constant. And, but then at the same time, I, hell, I just heard an interview yesterday from a, a really senior fire guy. Um, and a lot of the stuff he had to say was awesome. But one of the deals that he, he put in there kind of stuck out to me was, uh, you know, guys have to quit worrying about what the Chiefs doing. As long as the trucks have diesel in them and you're getting paid, that's all that matters. Well, I'm, kind of, I'm at a cross there because it's to me it's not all that matters. Because when you are looking around at all these departments, which from what I can tell is pretty much nationwide, everybody is having major staff, uh, staffing crisis, whether it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, the growth of the department or people leaving, retention problem, whatever, but everybody's understaffed. Well, being understaffed is a chief's problem. And 
the guys that are on shift are the ones that are having to deal with that problem because either they're having to work a shitload of overtime like you and I had to do for almost a year, or, you know, you're having constant flow of rookies that are coming in and in and in and out, in and out, and you're never getting to have a good, true crew integrity with a crew that you're solid with. Everybody knows their job and all that kind of stuff. So I, I really – I'm at a cross for – you have a lot of older leadership that's our age and older that's saying, you know, only worry about your station stuff, handle what you can handle, focus on what you can focus with, blah, 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 and leave all that other to the Chiefs. You know, that's basically essentially it's none of your business. But then at the same time, it is your business because you're the one you are getting affected by it. So how long do you have to just sit here, stand by, and be quiet and just not say anything? I mean, but it does it have to last until there's no one there and you're like you and I were where, you know, we were supposed to have – uh, full-time seven-man crews, and we got down to having four full-time people in the entire department. You know, you and yeah. I went through that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, and I think I'm at that crossroads too. But you know, something that I, I posted the other day that I saw, and, and you, you were, <laughs> you commented, and you were like, "Yeah, too late." And I think that just to be that guy, you know, that last guy hanging in, man. Like, I can't this is just me personally. Like I don't want someone of the upper echelon to take my love for this job because I, to be honest, man, I don't know what the fuck I'd do without it. You know, this is, this is me. This is not that this is who makes me, but this is all I know, you know, and I'm definitely not going to ever be the guy that just says, Oh, well, we can't change it. We can't change. It. I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be that thorn and pain in the ass on someone's side to say, this is fucking stupid. Like that's absolutely fucking retarded. Yeah, you're gonna constantly have that person that says, "Oh shit, yeah, he's here. Here he comes. Fuck." Ah, <laughs> uh, what? And or be the guy in the back of the room where it's, well, he didn't keep his mouth shut. No, because I think it needs more of us in the service to do that. Yeah, we can't change it, but I'm gonna be the pain in the ass in the back of the room. Who says, "Hey, this this isn't right." You know, and, and something that I heard the other day is, you know, this guy was talking. Uh, Oh, damn. I got to stop getting hit in the head so much. I can't remember what the hell he was talking about, but he was talking about breaking it into small pieces, uh, just eating one bite at a time, taking the things as they come in small pieces and not trying to worry about the whole thing. And you know how it is, man. This job can stress you out so goddamn much that you end up on fucking medication. There's all kinds of shit that happens, right? That's what leads to all the fucking drinking and all the bullshit. I don't know, I just woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to take this one bite at a time. You know, the only I can control, right, this is my crew. The only way we can control is what we do. But I'm definitely not going to be that silent one in the back of the fucking room who just says, oh, yeah, oh, yes, sir. Not, nah, fuck that. that. That's not me. I'm not going to do that. As my crew, that's my job to protect them. And I'm going to do whatever I can to help that. Hopefully it doesn't take getting down to that staffing again because then I don't know if I could do it. But <laughs> I, yeah, I, refu- I refuse to get beat out by uh, whatever the cause. You know, man, if we had the answer to that, we would be able to solve so many problems. But I, I can't honestly tell you why there's so many places that are shortage of people. Some is pay. Some are people that just bounce them because they're not happy. Some probably self-induced people were like, oh, shit, I screwed up here. I might as well go somewhere else. You know, back in the day, you never heard firemen do that. Shit. No, they were at the same you, place 30 years. Yeah. 
and, and it's a good thing, but I also think that, you know, there's things that being at different departments can bring into, oh, you know, this can be a little better here, or not to try to change things, but th- there's good, there's good and bad things about everything, man. So, so do you view it? So, I mean, I kind of get, I guess uh, the best way to describe it is it, sometimes a negative rap. I mean, you were there with me uh, when the whole pay deal was going down, and you know, I I, I was the voice for the for the guys. Uh, you know, it is what it is. That's kind of always been my mo. I, I believe in sticking up for the guys, especially when you have rank. You know, when you got bugers on your chest, like you said, it's your it is your job to protect the guys. So you know, when pay is a problem, guys aren't getting their their paychecks are incorrect. They're missing hours of overtime. You know, I, I always viewed it as it was my responsibility to be the one to go downstairs and be like, hey, uh, you know. Such such a check in isn't isn't right, you know. Uh, send the emails that need to be sent, and I always really truly I viewed it as a. Uh, I wasn't trying to be a, a problem child. I was trying to hold people accountable. To, to no, and, and I, I don't really think of it, you know. And I think I think the issue that both of us, because if people or bitches want to complain about, oh, you're just bitching, and that's what you do on the show. Fuck you! You weren't here. You weren't there. Stick in your own fucking lane, and if you want to, if you were there with us, or you were there with this person that's talking about that, cool. Then you can say, "Oh, you're just bitch fest or whatever." Then you can get into that. If you don't have any idea what the fuck we're talking about, or you were there to this specific incident, dude, eat a dick. That's <laughs> eat a dick because you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you right. you may have fucking bugles on your helmet, bitch. So do I. Okay. Yeah, I do too. I got the same bugles, you know, and even some of the uppers, you know, the uppers at other departments are going to hold themselves accountable. Like, no, hey, my guys need to get paid. I just, we were at that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say, man. I, I've never <laughs> been anywhere like that. Um, and I'm definitely not anywhere like that now, like at all. That is one thing that, if there's an issue, it gets handled that day, and that, that's the best thing. There's never been any issues, so right. yeah, obviously that was a depart, a single department, or at least that I can say from my own experience, that was a single department issue. I mean, you were never the problem child. He just didn't like to, uh, he didn't like hearing it because he was a fuck up, <laughs> and he was a bitch because he didn't want to go stand toe to toe with the person who was in charge of him. And say, hey, you keep screwing up checks. Like, how is this hard? Literally, yeah. you write down the numbers. You input the numbers. You pay them what they're supposed to get paid. It's not hard. Come on now. You know, if the firemen are doing it and the firemen know it, then you know damn well it's not hard. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, it just always uh, – there's a lot of things that really kind of astound me. Uh, you know, when we started this whole – show and movement and, and everything i really wanted to to bring out people's voices you know not not in a anarchist sense or you know major rebellion anything like that but you used the word earlier like uh take back because to me the fire service has always been about the firefighters um you know no you you moved up in rank to support the firefighters in a better capacity that's really how yep. i always viewed everything you know you made the experience, you had the experience, you had the fires, so you moved up to be a, a, a captain to be able to train those firefighters and make better judgment calls to provide better tactical decisions and stuff on a fire ground. And then that's you what it's, that's, into, what it's, 
Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. Captain, anything with bugle, anything in charge, man. It's it's always it's no matter what your job is, the more you move up, the less it becomes about you. Yeah, you, you become a, a lieutenant or let's start over. You become a driver. Well, guess what, man? It ain't about you. It's about your four or five souls you got on that truck with you that you have to pay attention and get them to the truck. You have to get them to the, the scene in a safe manner. You become an officer. Hey, your job just doubled, man. You, you know, it, it's it just that that's what a lot of people just fail to realize it. It is not about you. It's got shit. Yeah, you're in that equation, but it is solely not about you. Your job now requires you to be about everybody else, which is what we got in the fire service to begin with. And moving up in the fire service is something very unique because not only are we there to serve people we never met before, but now as an officer or as a leader or the fire chief, your job is everyone in, the, in your district and outside your district, plus each and every single individual fireman, that's your job. And it, when you re- you fail to realize that anymore, I, I don't know. I, I think that's where the, the some of the departments go wrong. It's not about you. And we sure as hell ain't there for no fucking political push. And when you start using that shit as that, you, you, it's time for you to step, get to step in somewhere else. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, that's, that's really the best way to describe that too. Um, you know, and you and I both, both seen that firsthand, completely firsthand. Um, and I just, I think, uh, really that, that is one of the biggest problems, uh, that we see. Uh, as a fire service, because all these young firefighters coming in, they're all fired up. You know, it's exciting as shit to get your first your first fire job, or even even when you go start over. You know, it's exciting as hell to put a uniform on and show up at the station and and get to do that. I, I was thinking about that. I mean, you know, you know what it's like being an industrial. You came over here and worked with me for a little while. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's good. You know, the pay the pay's good, and you know the schedule is what it is and stuff like that. But man, there's just no feeling that replaces. Running, running hot to a call, uh, you know, especially like where you and I work in the Houston area, you know, traffic is always crazy and you're going right in between cars and, you know, it just, that is a different feeling than anybody really can even express. And as a young firefighter coming in, uh, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, it's just like a, just super exciting to get to do that. The intense feeling you get making the fires and, like as an officer, I still think about that, you know, just having all the shit you have to process when you're headed to a fire and you're first in or whatever. And you're just, you're thinking about, I got to do A, B and C and D and, and work your way all the way down the list and shit. Plus getting yourself dressed, jumping out, you know, the seniors until the district chief or battalion chief or whatever gets there and just all that kind of stuff, that mental processing, that's, it's fucking exciting. It's a level of excitement that most human beings can't even, they don't even understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I, we, you know, with the time change that we have to do at work right now, you know, is probably not any different than anywhere else, but I'm just saying like early in the morning you show up and, and you see the bay doors down and you see the trucks behind it and you're like, I still get that feeling like this is my job, man. Like <laughs> this is, and that's the feeling I don't want someone to take away that is out of my control. Like this is my job. This is our job. Like, you see the guys coming in with you, and, hey, man, like, there are kids out here that are like, man, someday, someday. There are probably older people that drive by and are like, damn, wish I could have been a fireman. We used to do this shit for <laughs> real every day. Uh, hell, yeah. We get to That's... get on the truck, 
that rig that's sitting there is your responsibility. It's yours. Like today, it's yours. That's your rig. And that's just a feeling I don't ever want to let, you know, something out of my control ever interfere with that. I, I just, I've had that. I've been beat down that low before. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. I can't do this no more. And then I just kind of, I don't know. I guess the reinvigorating came back and I was like, you know what? No, I'm not, I'm not willing to let that happen. You know, there are, you're right. There are some things we can't control, but that doesn't mean I have to be quiet about it. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's, you know, like that nagging, 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 repeated, constant infinity nagging is what it needs to happen. Like not just, I refuse to let someone, Say, oh, well, you just quit and nah, we're not going to beat out like that. Or there won't be any of our generation left. You know, that the, the 13 or the 10 to 15 year guys won't be left. You know, we're going to be like, oh, I can't do this. No. Guys at 30 years, they, they dealt with their own, their own shit, you know, coming up and they made it that far. And if they did it, we can do the same damn thing and take our fucking fire service back. Make it about the, you know, the, what it used to be the people man just make it about the people being have integrity about what you do your your truck your crew you be proud where you work like oh fuck yeah i work here you know you have another brother from another department another sister whatever and you see him out what's up man you know what i'm saying like it's not even like that anymore it's like the damn you people down there don't even talk to each other you know, you yeah. see a fire station. Yeah. You know, back on the East Coast, I got brothers on back on the East Coast, man. You know, fire brothers that are in DC, and I got guys that are in. Um, yeah, I got uh, guys that are in DC. I got uh, a brother in fucking a fire brother in Baltimore. I got one in Fairfax County. Guys that, uh, you know, it's just that's how it is with them, man. They're it's about the brotherhood and the job, you know, and. I don't know what is wrong here, and I'm sure it's not just here. It's just this is what you and I see on on the real every day, 24 hours a day, you know. But you think it's a uh, um, the honestly the the opinion I have on a lot of of that lost brother because I'm right there with you. Like uh, you know, one of the biggest examples I have of how awesome the fire service brotherhood was, uh, you know, in my adult life. I, I grew up around it as a kid. Um, that, that was really what, why I got into this, um, just like you, I mean, that's, that's what I wanted. Uh, but in my adult life, I, hell, it's probably been almost 10 years ago now, but, um, I got into a wreck, uh, in, in Tyler, Texas. And, um, basically, uh, you know, a lady, a lady hit me, totaled the car out, whatever. And I, I had my family and the kids and everything like that. Well, the fire department of course responded and everybody's good. Nobody had to go to the hospital or anything like that, but I, I didn't. The car wouldn't run, uh, you know, airbags all deployed, all that mess. And we're two hours away from the house. So I had to wait, you know, for my parents to come up there and, and pick us up. And, man, the guys on, on the rig were like, y'all have anywhere to go? And we're like, no, sir. You know, I don't. Well, they saw my union sticker on the car and they were like, you know, you a fireman. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, work down in Houston area, blah, 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 blah. And um, so anyways, they end up uh, having the, the police and stuff. Uh, they gave us rides over to the to the station and we hung out, you know, and the, it was right at dinner time. They fed us dinner with them. And, um, you know, it just was a huge, huge realization that you can go anywhere in this country or you could 
you know, and, and it was like that, exactly like you're saying, like everybody, it was just a huge family feeling. They were, they were super awesome to us. Hell, I, I called their chief that next, the next Monday and whatever, and, and gave kudos to those guys because it was just an awesome feeling to know that, you know, you're out of town, don't know these people at all. And that's how they treat you. You know, they bring you in and everything like that. And, but in the last few years, it doesn't seem to have that feeling. Like you kind of go places and everybody's like, well, you work such, such, yeah, I work so, oh, well, fuck that place. You know? Uh, True. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know why it's like that. I, I, but you're right. I definitely, I get what you're saying. You know, um, you, you, yeah. I don't, I, and I really don't, I don't know why. I don't know why it is that way. Uh, aside from, you know, a lot of places do have, you know, bad reputations from, from turds and whatnot or, or bad leadership that represents the department that goes to these conferences and makes an ass of themselves in whatever capacity, what, you know, anything like that. Um, but I feel like as a, you know, the younger guys that are coming in and stuff in the last five years or so, it's so cutthroat and dog eat dog for promotions at a lot of these places that that good level of crew integrity, crew brotherhood is never established at a, at that young year. I hate to say young age. Cause some of these, some of these folks are older, but at that young level of firefighter, that good, strong brotherhood of you do, like you said earlier, for the for the person to the left and the person to the right of you, and all that other shit is secondary to this. Um, it seems like that is not addressed like it used to be. To where now, you know, now it's basically everybody's out for themselves. Everybody's out trying to get promoted. Everybody's out trying to make more money. Blah 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 blah. You name it, and we're we're losing that feeling of, you know, like what what you and I were brought into. Yeah, and you know, it's like we said. I, I no fucking idea why it would be that way. The only thing I could say that we could do is be the change that we need. That and that's really what you started this to begin with was for was to be that change or to get people to say, look, this this is what's going on. This is what needs to be changed, and. You know, I guess my job as an officer is, hey, man, that it starts with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's what it used to be when I was here. That's the way it's going to be. If somebody shows up, they're a fireman, man, you treat them like their own. It doesn't matter where they're from, you know, and that's the way it should be. It doesn't matter what department you come from. Like, you're going to have to have these, just like any individual. You don't know any individual you could be, you could hear something about someone be like, oh, that dude's a, that dude's a piece of shit. Are you going to go based off just what some fucker do, even if you've known that dude for 15 years? No, you, you're going to fucking, you know, yeah, you may, but then 90% of the time you're like, oh, well, homeboy said you were a piece of shit. I don't know. What the fuck? I don't, I don't have an issue with you. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's the way the departments used to be. And that's the way they need to get back to you. And I, and I also think that there was the fight to get, up and coming people is because all of these places have opened up these ESDs. So it's given more room for younger people to jump into leadership roles. That that's where people are like, Oh, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. Nah, you don't, you really don't fucking deserve, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think that that was, you know, and, and I'm saying that, you know, and I got in, you know, I, I came in as a captain, that's unheard of back where I'm from, but I think <laughs> yeah. that, 
you know, guys that I, I know and I went to high school with back there that are firemen are like, wait a minute, you got hired as a captain? Like, what the fuck? You know, like right. that doesn't that doesn't happen. And I think that's a that you're right. That is a downside of, you know, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like earning and not the entitlement, but you get what I'm saying? Like the working for it. Yeah, the yeah. The sacrifice and the there you the, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like guys are like, Oh well you just tested for it and you well, yeah, but but I you know it is what it is. Yeah, that's the way it is here and it just has to be like, hey, cool. You know, there'll be another one and I don't know, man. I, I wish we had all the answers for the fire service and we don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just, I mean, but that's, that's kind of my outlook on it is to, to bounce ideas and talk to folks. Cause hell, maybe somebody that's listening does, does have an answer for, you know, said specific issue. And then we can try to work in that direction. And then we move on, like you said, you know, onto the next, next bite and fix the next issue and the next issue. Uh, you know, and there is a lot of, there's, there's a lot of chiefs out there that are, that are coming up with badass ideas that are new, new ideas, uh, you know, up there uh, north of where you're at, up there in East County, you know, his promotional, the chief there, his promotional process is basically like, I mean, it's, it's a brand new idea, brand new concept, but it's basically you earn your promotions 24 uh, seven. You know, I, I don't know exactly what the details are. Cause I, I remember uh, chief Ryan Walt talking about it a, a long time ago. Um, but basically there is none of this show up, take a written test, memorize a book, become a captain. Like that's not the way it works. It actually goes off of your day-to-day performance, your day-to-day training, your day-to-day physical fitness. Uh, you know, you have to earn it as it goes. And you basically, every time you make a completion of another task or performance level or whatever it is throughout the year, you get another tally and on your, your personnel file, basically. Uh, and then when the promotion comes up, whoever has the most tallies, whoever's completed the most tasks and done all, you know, said, uh, performance checks and everything like that, that's who gets promoted. It has nothing to do with who can memorize a book and tell you what color the fire truck was on page 32, Yeah, you know? And, um, and, and, I, and I think that's cool. That's a, that's a good idea to solve an issue of the promotion stuff. So if you do have one of these go-getters, there is no entitlement. Well, I deserve it. Well, do you? Because you didn't hit all these benchmarks throughout, you know, however many years it was till the next promotion came up. You didn't hit all these. You wanted to try to jump in the last 30 days before a cap spot came up. And now you think because you, you know, it takes away the entitlement basically. And, and I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And I, and you know, I've always been a big fan of letting other departments, the outside, the outsourcing of like, assessment centers no books no nothing they're being tested to be an officer put them in a situational see what they're going to do that's their job it's not a book it's not reading it how are they going to perform under pressure on the job you know hands-on take them out the burn build burn field and say all right dress up get on a truck we're going to do this scenario and that's how you're going to be scored uh, I'm nice. I'm always I'm all about hands on. Like that's if you want to be a DC, cool. We're gonna have six different trucks show up to uh whatever, and you're gonna run the scene, and you're gonna be graded off your the benchmarks of what you need to hit. The same uh, task oriented check marks that are on your 
tactical sheet, that's what you're going to be graded off of. That Hell and yeah. you're right. That takes out of the the that takes the books out. Not not that you don't have to study. I'm not saying don't study, but before the book side of the fire service decides to try to fucking eat me alive, I'm not saying that. I'm just <laughs> saying that our job is very much hands-on physical activity. You have to be able to do it. Not only do it, but understand I'm doing this because of this to affect A, B, C. And if I don't do that, I can't get to D. Instead of reading right. a book to tell you that. Cool, you can read it, but can you go do it? The same thing as being a paramedic. You know, you got all these guys that can study one section and they understand it about cardiology. And you've got some guys that study it 15, 16, 17, 37 times. And they turn out being a better paramedic because they can apply what they what they read in the book. And I just think that's where promotional needs to come down to. Hey, there's four spots. Ten of you are testing. Y'all are going to do ten different or the ten, ten same scenarios or whatever. That's how I think it should be tested. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's how I, when I promoted up, that's what we had to do. We had to do that for a driver. We went through a, a pretty extensive process of, of essentially all hands-on. Now, we did have to take a written test uh, over the driver operator book and then over, um, you know, the, the policies of the department, the, you know, all the SOGs and all that kind of stuff. And so of course, that you, you had a working knowledge of those things because you do have to know those things. Yeah, of course, that, that, that stuff, mess. that stuff definitely has its, has its place. But to, you know, to say, oh, well, this is 10%. No, that, that shouldn't be anything. That should just be, mm-hmm. do you know it? I mean, do you know, as a captain, do you know your core values do you, of the department or, or whatever the question would ask? You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like if you're tested to be an officer, then you would know or you would think, hey, I kind of need to know the policies because if I have to write someone up, I have to know the policy to what I'm writing them up for. That Yeah, and you got to gotta essentially do that shit day one. I mean, yeah. that's, you, you know. And you that, but that's there. stuff you would learn day one. But that, again, that's not, hey here's 15 books. You need to know everything in these 15 different books. You know, what are you really testing? Uh, you're testing the mental capacity, but are you testing the, the, the fine motor skills that can they go do it? Like, yeah, hell, hell yeah, they can tell you, but can they actually fucking do it? You oh, yeah. know? I mean, I completely agree. I, I really wish, uh, like that's, that's one of the things about, uh, you know, I'll probably <laughs> like you get getting eaten alive for this shit, but like, that's one of the things about civil service departments that I've noticed there's a lack as far as the promotional stuff there is that is literally, I I personally know guys that they got time to take their test. They took vacation for 30 days up until the test. They did flashcards, memorized the book and went, took the test and promoted. They've never rode the seat. They've never been in that position. They don't even, they've never even drove the truck or, you know, actually pumped on scene for a fire but they're able to memorize that book, take it, and the next, you know, the next promotion, whatever they make, and now they're uh, an EO or a driver or whatever that they're holding that rank, and they can't they can't pump hands on pump the fire, but they can tell you everything that come out of that driver operator book because they memorized it, and that's yeah. that's a huge that's a huge issue, like you said, because uh, it's your job as a driver to get your guys there. Then it's your job to get water to your guys, and if you never even done it hands on that book. It's good knowledge and it's a good baseline, but it can't tell you how to do the actual hands-on portion of what you're actually doing. So, I mean, I totally agree with you. It's the same thing for officers. I mean, you can 
you can read an officer book all day long that tells you about, you know, the, the business practice, leadership skills or whatever, uh, you know, disciplinary and, and all that kind of stuff that comes out of that book. But that can't tell you which direction to tell your firefighter to go inside that fire in that hallway. That can't yep. tell you um, what what you need to do as the first thing coming officer when you make make the fire or whatever. And, you, and it's on your shoulders. The, the first end decisions are yours. That book can't tell you that. That's right. Uh, and Which was so, kind of I mean, crazy when I took fire officer one and two. I was like, oh, I'm going to learn some tactical stuff and about being an officer. No, I didn't learn a goddamn thing about being a, a captain from fire officer one or fire officer two. Not as far as like my job on scene. That's my job. Yeah, my job is to, you know, if I'm at a non-district house, like that's your job. You run that house. That's easy. I like running the job. Like if you're working with grown adults that want to do the job just like you do, being a captain's easy, man. Like my job. Yeah, I'm an adult. I have there's two captains at my station, but our job's easy because we have hella crews. That the right. my EO. Oh, oh God, don't mm -mm. that woman. <laughs> that woman runs a shift. I'm just there, <laughs> and I say that. I say that all the time. That that woman runs the shift. I'm just there. But the, the oh, guys yeah. know the assignment. You know they understand the assignment. Hey, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. My captain's going to take care, of, oversee everything else, and it just runs smoothly, man. There, there is no telling. Even a rookie, you know, day one, yeah, hey, we're showing them. But even the the EO, you know, my EO was like, hey, Cap, I'm going to show him day one, and I just kind of stand in the back and and watch, like, overwatching what's going on and. Yeah, that's. <laughs> well, you were blessed because I mean I know who your EO is, and you were you were absolutely blessed because she's uh she's definitely old school and uh, love. I, I still to this day brag on her because yeah, you couldn't ask for better. Um, and I think Absol that's a lot. Absolutely not, man. I, you're gonna have to pry me away from uh, away from that. <laughs> Thank God yeah. she uh, she's always like oh, I'm not gonna promote. Thank God she's not like I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. I'm gonna be like, ah, oh, you know, I want to. You stay at my EO for another. You know, I don't yeah, have to I say never, that. Which know, is, uh, but she would make a hell of a captain, man. She would make an amazing captain. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, and that, yeah, I was about to say, knowing her, like I knew whenever she first promoted to EO and stuff, but even as a senior firefighter, she was absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, you know, that that's, I, I feel like that's a big uh, missing portion is the senior firefighters like her. Um, and I actually, I want to bring her on the show and talk a lot about that role because she was literally a perfect example of it. Um, and and those, she took, even though she is. Yeah, you're right. Even though she is the EO now, you're right. That's the same with everywhere right now. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like mm -hmm. senior firemen, point me, point me to your senior firemen, and you get two guys that have been on a truck for a year, or you know. And I'm not, and I'm by no means anybody listening to this fucking show. We're not talking about anywhere specific. Yeah, we reference some things, but if you're like, oh my god, Derek, dude. Stop. Like, you're just looking <laughs> for shit. I'm literally saying the, the general thing is you'll look and say, where's my senior guy? There are a handful of departments, but like, hey, your senior guy's a 10 or, 10 or 12 year guy. That's it. It's not like the old Houston days, like where you hear those guys talk about where there are pipemen's 20 years in. Oh, you know, yeah. I heard, uh, heard of. who, I can't remember who I was talking to, what in it, you know, 
it was a Houston guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, we were at a fire, and I was on, I think he was talking about being on the engine. And he's like, between the five people who were on the engine, there was probably like a hundred and some odd years worth of experience. And I was like, holy shit. Like, Dang. You, that's, that's like, of. yeah, that's like, wow. Like, what, as a, if you were a captain on a truck and everybody else has 20 years, like, I'm just here. <laughs> I'm just here, fellas. Like, I just got to make sure I have my yeah. shit. Cause, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah I, they'd, I'm not they'd be asking they'd be asking your ass as a captain every morning. Hey, did you check your pack? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, but say, and and I got super spoiled when I first made captain. Uh, the the guy that was driving me, um, one of my best friends uh, to this day, he uh he had like fourteen years in, so you know he he's looking up to me and everything because I'm the officer and everything. But this guy's got in more years than I am, and so. Man, you can't ask for a better crew because that person just takes the reins and everything runs smoothly for you. And basically, I mean, the the old the old way it used to be, and I'm sure it was what it was for you. Like used to, your senior firefighter and your EO ran the station, like you said. Um, and really and truly, shit didn't hit the captain level unless paperwork had to be put on it, regardless of whatever it was. That was when the the captains had to handle shit because the senior firefighter and the EO handled everything <laughs> and that's the i mean that's the way it should be like like i was saying like that's me and the other captain at our station like there's not a lot of there's a lot of shit we try to filter out before it hits our dc but i'm not even gonna say there's a lot of shit because there's not even a lot of shit that happens it's just you know small minute stuff that doesn't even need to get to that level but our my eo uh it's she's on point with that show she'll stop and be like hey uh that and but that's the job of the firehouse, man. That's the that's how the high. I don't say hierarchy. I don't even know if that's the right word, but that's the way it works. Like your officer is there, is in charge, makes the decisions. But when you get a department for grown folk, folk that want to do the job, even kids, man. And I say kids, like 21, 22 year old people that are mature, want to do the job. You don't have to do anything, man. Like. Our, our DC comes over and says, hey, you guys need anything? I, I may need a battery or whatever. Other than that, I don't have anything that needs the, you're right, unless it needs to be addressed with paperwork. I show up, do the same thing every fireman in that building is doing, checking my stuff, helping clean. Other than that, I just wear bugles. I'm, I'm the person that they look to or look for to yell at if there's a reason to yell at. Mm-hmm. That's our well, job. How is, what is... um? What's your view on how to, uh, like, I mean, obviously you have it going on at, at your station and everything. Uh, what is your way to try to bring that back fire department wide? Like where even if you do have chiefs that are trying to say, you know, don't handle stuff in-house, you know, uh, like a micromanaging style chief. Uh, we've all seen them. We've all dealt with them. I mean, even it doesn't even have to be a chief, just a, a micromanaging style employer. What? How do you uh, make that function inside the fire station, bringing that self-accountability back into your crew and into your fire station, uh, and essentially basically excluding the chief but not getting in trouble for it, like just making sure it's all. I mean, there's not, but that's, I think it just leads it. One, I think it honestly starts at the kitchen table, man. The kitchen table or the tailboard, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know how it is. I think it starts right there. And 
I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, excluding a chief or anything. It's if your people are doing their job, regardless of how micromanaging or whatever, what are you going to micromanage if everything's getting done? You know what I'm saying? So I, I think as the officers and the firemen, you know, all the way from the rookie firemen, maybe not knowing any better, but his firemen and then the senior fire EO and obviously the officers, if you have that crew integrity intact and you are one solid functioning group, there isn't a whole lot anybody can do to you if you just do your shit. Y'all just embrace the suck together. And that's really, I think, why mine functions the way it does is because we all just kind of smile and take the same bite together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did you, like, did, yeah, did you have to actually, like, you know, I'm not going to ask you to put anything on blast or anything like that, but did you ever, like, specifically have that conversation when you came into that role at your station and was like, hey, this is how it's going to be. This is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to handle this shit as a crew. And I better, you know, better not have anybody trying to run around behind my back or, you know, try to. Did you ever have to have any of those kind of conversations? Or? Um, I think it was just a basic conversation, man. Like, I've always had the conversation with the crew that I've got. Like, hey, man, like, I get it. You know, you guys don't know me. I don't know you. This is me. This is what I do. And just kind of like, what do I expect? Like, y'all grow. And 90% of it is y'all grown folks. Like, this is a job. This is, yes, this is what we wanted to do. It's not a nine-to-five job. This is our job. And shit literally does. If you have a bad fucking day here, you know, I'll take a quote away from a movie, but, you know, you have a bad fucking day here, someone can end up dead, and that's just not fucking good enough. That applies to our job because it's 100% the truth. And I think I just, I was very real with every crew that I had that says, look, man, I'm, I'm not a... I want to write everybody up for everything. Like, granted, do you make me have my bugles on that day? Then it's going to happen. And I think it's all about self, uh, the uh, respect. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah, a lot of that no, has I to do with it. I yeah, completely agree. If your officer is writing you up every single fucking day, or not just writing you up, but writing whoever up every single fucking day, there's a, a level of respect that one is, again, I think from what we were saying before is I think it starts at the tailboard or starts at the kitchen table. And mine have always been, I, you know, I can honestly remember all my conversations have always been at the tailboard or on the bumper. And it's always been like, hey, guys, like this is no like egotistical bullshit. Like this is just what I expect. Dude, what do you, what do you guys expect? And this time this crew legitimately said like, this is what we expect from you as our captain. Cool. And they've had that respect. I will stand up for you. If I can stand up for you and let's legit, I will stand up for you. And I've done just that. Uh, you know, granted, there are some things you can't, you can't do like holdovers or stuff like that. Like, Hey man, it's just, that's it. Everybody just smile. And everybody take the bite at the same day. Absolutely. You know, yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I know me and you have had a lot of bumper talks. We couldn't really sit on the tailboard because the station was too small and you couldn't get to the tailboard. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it starts there, man. Like guys just bringing that back. Like the tailboard can solve a lot of shit or the bumper bumper talks can solve a lot of fucking problems in the firehouse, believe it or not. <laughs> and if you had, if you had bumper talks in a lot of other places, I'm sure a lot of the places would run a lot smoother too. But, um, 
Well, I, I think I, I, honestly, I think if a lot of chiefs came down out of their out of their swivel chairs and came and sat on that bumper or sat on that tailboard with their crews and just, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that leadership, real leadership, not not this Facebook meme, try to get attention leadership, but real leadership starts with caring about the individuals around you. You have to truly care. And so, you know, anybody can take a damn officer class. Anybody can take a a rah-rah seminar or anything like that. But in order to really establish essentially the love of, a you know, your people around you to be a strong leader, you have to actually love them back. Like you have to care about them. You have to know them. I mean, how many of us out here, and it, you know, it sucks if you work for an FDNY or like a Houston that are huge. Those those fire chiefs have no absolute way to know every single guy in their department. I mean, it's not even possible. It's thousands of people, and I totally understand that. But you know, these smaller departments where actually a lot of these issues really are are there, uh, or even if you do work in these bigger departments uh, and you're a district chief, you still like if if you'll just start by just even knowing the guys' names because I know there's a ton of chiefs out there or you know, even district chiefs and they don't even know their own crew members names and whatnot. And like, if you just get down to that level and, and, you know, come out of your, you know, your flight car type mentality where you're the chief and get down there with those guys at those bumper talks, man, I can't even imagine the the level of mountains that your crews would be willing to move for you and, and make you, make you shine as a chief. Like they would literally Absolutely. make you, make you to be the best damn chief ever. Uh, and all it takes is you actually really genuinely getting down there and caring about your people and just talking about, talking about the little shit. True. Um, and, and you know, there's, we've always had, we've had this talk. We got, I don't know how many goddamn times we've had that talk, <laughs> you know, and the bigger departments, shit, they're so busy. They probably have the same issues. They're just 10 times busier than we are that they don't have time to fucking sit down and fucking complain about them. But uh, you're you're right. Uh, there are a lot of places that, dude, you'd be surprised. Which you you know, that's what I don't understand. Like these people that we've we've formerly worked for. You know, I run this department. You're right. You run this department, but I think you forget that the only people who make this department and make your job easier are those guys out there. And that's just that's completely lost on some people. You know. And the good chiefs, there are chiefs out there that know, hey, the guys are the ones making my job easy. They're not causing shit. They're not out acting an ass and making me have to do the same thing I say about being a captain. They're not out here making me have to be the fire chief. You know, it's shit that's shit outside our control that whether we do or don't has got nothing to do with us, you know. And that's the way, that's unfortunately what drives me nuts is it doesn't matter whether I'm an ass or not an ass, or nice, or whatever, it doesn't change the issues, the majority of the issues in most firehouses today, and that's the, you know, the morale or the stuff, I could just, you see how I am, man, I'm just trying to be the captain, I wish people were like, damn, I don't want to leave because of the captain or the crew, and thank God we, we've had some people leave, and they're like, man, uh, that's the only reason I don't want to go, I don't want to go because of the crew. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you and I have both been through that where it was, uh, you know, major life decisions had to be made for you and yeah. for your family. And it was like, man, am I willing to give up? Am I willing to give up this crew? Am I willing to give up, 
you know, everything like that. Yeah, totally. You and I both been yep. through that. Uh, hell, we've been through that. We've been through that shit together. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More. So, some of us a little bit more in depth than uh, situations than others. Yeah, most certainly. But, um, you know, I, I think it just a lot of the things, you know, that we've talked about is just, guys, if you have, you know, if you're listening and you got the possibility to change things on your crew, man, that, You'd be surprised the ripple effect it's going to have to your crew, to the next crew, to the next firehouse, the next job, you know, just being whatever. Yeah, because that's, I, uh, you know, you and I both, me especially, I I have taken the lessons from uh, amazing chiefs and captains I work for and shitbags, but um, I've taken those lessons and really the, the ones that, the shit that I try to push on and the captain that I have been uh, or, you know, and have tried to be and everything, the example I've tried to set has been from the awesome people that I worked for uh, to try to push that down so that people know when they step into those roles, that's the, the good shit that they can do to keep that rolling. And, but if we never set that example, you know, of, of what to do right uh, and, and kind of, of the good things that we learned, then that stuff just fades out because people don't know it because it gets so caught up in the, in the shit bags because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can let the shit bags take over real quick because uh, the good people either a don't say anything or just, you know, they, they just get real quiet. They keep their head down. I hear that all the time, you know, just keep your head down, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, sometimes you have to explain what the good is supposed to be. Like yeah. sometimes you have to be. Sometimes vocal. it's just an yeah, it's an explanation. That's all they want. It's just a, I get shut up. You know, just like you said, man. We're both, you know, of the. I'm not gonna say old school because someone on here is gonna be like, oh my god, you only got 13 years. I'm just saying old school mentality is do what we're supposed to do. Cool, but there are some things you just got to give your guys like, hey, this is why we're doing this. Sucks, mm-hmm. but this is why. All they really wanted to hear was an explanation, and not just because you fucking said so. That's not an explanation. Yeah, that's that's what your mom tells you when she don't want to give you an explanation, or she's yeah. just making some shit up and can't give you an explanation. <laughs> and and you, if you you know all these people, they they want to say all the time. You hear all the time. Well, you know, we want grown folks in this business. Everybody's grown. Blah blah blah. blah. Well, grown folks explain shit to each other. Children mm-hmm. get told because I said so. Yep. So if you want people to act like grown-ups, then you have to treat them like grown-ups and you can't have this mentality of because I said so. And I, you know, I, I'm going to later on, I'm going to do a show and talk about paramilitary and stuff, but I really, I do want your take on it um, because you were in the military and everything like that. I see that that gets used as a crutch a lot in the fire service as far as paramilitary. Now, yes, we do have a structure, but I truly a lot of the times feel like the paramilitary shit, is used as a crutch and as an excuse for unexplanatory behavior for blind compliance rather than true leadership. Well, see, I had some good guys in the Navy, man. Um, You know, the engineering guys like down in the pit and shit like that, some of them petty officers and chiefs, them are the wrong motherfuckers. You think that are just going to do it because you say do it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, those dudes were like mechan, like hardcore mechanics, and they don't just take do what you say because you say do. Even in the military, 
Do I think paramilitary has its benefits? Yeah, if it's used right, but you can't pick and choose what you're going to use in the out of paramilitary. You can't just use the word. Like, if you want to be paramilitary, then some motherfuckers that are jumping out of line because they can go talk to fucking daddy and get daddy to do whatever, that shit don't fly in the military. That motherfucker ends up behind the building in the fucking military. Like, so, and I think that's just the thing. Like, paramilitary, yeah, it, it's got its benefits in the fire service. It, But that's not a pick and choose what you want to use out of that. If you want to be true paramilitary, cool. Set your set what you want. Set your standards. Say this is what we need to do, guys. This is what we're gonna do. Even in the military, you still got an explanation from the uppers. No matter what happened, if there was some bullshit going on with the ship and we're in fucking dry dock, command master chief would say, or command master chief, but the uh, commanding officer would just straight up tell you, "Hey, this is the shit we got to get done," and you know, this is why. Cool. Hey, we got an explanation. It sucks. That's why I embrace the suck. Like, they gave us an explanation. Are you going to have the the officers in there? They're going to be like, just because I fucking said so? Of course. Well, I don't think we're ever going to get away from that, man. Uh, That's just... That shitty... I don't even know what the fuck that was. Somebody that got picked on too much and now has (laughs) charge. I I honestly don't know. I, I honestly... Well, I, I do think long-term we can get rid of that by this younger generation that's younger than us coming in, getting established with them on what the, uh, you know, the chain of command and the paramilitary, like, yes, you can be in these roles and you can do it, but this is how to do it properly, not yep. to take the my mom's because I said so. Like, it's not an overnight fix. We're never going to be able to get some of these these guys to under, you know, understand that shit. They're, they're just going to be that way. But through generations and through – you know, long term, we can weed that shit out by yeah. establishing with these young leaders coming up and the young, you know younger folks that are going to be promoting soon, and everything like that. Don't just blindly say because I said so to your crews, because that to me is like very egotistical, and you're really not going to get anywhere uh, with your crews. They're never going to respect you. They're just going to say, "Oh well, he's just you know he just you know all about other the than other than one person that we both know, I've never had a chief." A fire chief. I've never had a assistant chief. I've never had a BC, a DC, or a captain ever fucking tell me because I said so. They've always been. I need you to fucking do this now because so and so. Not I've really? been, other than just that one person. I've never had anybody fucking tell me. Thank God. No shit. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I actually I worked for a chief that uh, you know. It, is what it is on that person, and he's no longer a chief. He ended up finally getting demoted, but he legitimately would look at his crew members, including me, and give a, a you know an order or whatever, or tell you you know something, whatever it was. And this is not emergency scene stuff because I understand on emergency scenes that's not the time. Like when they give you an order on emergency scene, you know, go cut a hole in a roof. That's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about other shit. But um, they would literally, he would literally look at his collar brass, pick his collar up, and shake it at you and say these bugles have, are crossed and have more on them than yours do. That's yeah. the only explanation I have to give you. That was Def- literally the chief. Definitely <laughs> never had any, definitely, thank God, I've never had that happen. Uh, so, and, and I mean, he would even be over, su- you know, simple stuff like, uh, you know, we, we had a, a, a large yard at the fire station and we had a, a riding lawnmower uh, that no one in the department except for him was allowed to use. 
Um, and me being a, a newer firefighter there, um, we were having to push mow this entire place. And I just simply asked the question, you know, why can't we use a zero turn? And that was the explanation I was given, shaking the, the fucking collar brass at you saying, you know, because I said so and, and I'm the assistant chief, whatever. So, I mean, even simple shit like that, like, why would you have a $10,000 zero turn sitting, sitting here to mow that the ESD board purchased to mow, but you had the crew members pushing, using push mowers, but you can't give an explanation for that. Whatever, you know, whatever it was, but anyway, yeah. um, there, are, there are chiefs out there like that. And, it, and it's astounding to me. Um, and that's something that, you know, we just have to, I, I just want to instill to the younger generations coming in and everything like that. And the leaders coming up and stuff like never, ever, ever is it okay to just, because I said so like, that's, you don't want that done to you, you know, like those, you as a part, like me, you know, I, I can't stand, like, I don't want that done to me. So why would I turn around and do it to somebody else? Like if people would have that mentality in their, uh, in their learning ability throughout their years and throughout their career to adopt the mentality of, if I wouldn't want it done to me, would I do it to someone else? Like, that's really the greatest teacher that you can, internal teacher that you can have on any aspect, whether it's, you know, rookie treatments or whatever. Uh, if you don't like it, why the hell would you expect somebody else to like it? <laughs> yep, true that. Um, so, I mean, anyways, moving on a little bit. Uh, I just, just jumping in further. Um, I know you, you know, you personally been through a lot. Uh, you're one of the guys that, that I see, I guess, for lack of better terms, kind of being a poster child for what, uh, you know, for what the third alarm Cowboys is all about, because you definitely like have always had the mentality, kicking doors down, getting the shit done when all haywire. I mean, I've made some fucking nutso calls with you with, <laughs> uh, you know, psych patients or dope heads that are going crazy and shit like that. And, you know, you pick up the phone. And it's like, yeah, get RJ over here. Like <laughs> we need the captain to get over here quick, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, you come in like, so you are right in line with the, what the brand is of, of getting shit done and everything like that. Um, but I know that you also like your life ain't been perfect. Um, Fuck no, man. I, I think that's, uh, <laughs> you know, diving into that, you know, nobody. And I absolutely mean the fucking stone throwers standing across the river at the glass house. Ain't fucking perfect, brother. You know, it's just not even just being a fireman. Like, in general, and it's okay. I do. You know how long it took me to understand that it's okay. That two two simplest letters to make the very simple word, you know, or you know, okay. It's okay not to be okay, and it took a long goddamn time to accept that. Especially doing what we do because everyone's an a, an a, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A type A personality type. Yeah, type A, type, type A, alpha male, female personality where, you know, it's going to be taken as a sign of weakness in the jungle and you're going to get fucking eaten alive. And I think it's just, that's got taken way too far and it's still being taken way too far by people. Um, you know, it's just kind of like this mentality that I, I, you know, I'm trying to adopt it just one bite at a time, man. Yeah. You know, to said, you know, you can't eat the whole horse in one day. You have to take one bite at a time. Right. So, but uh, most definitely, brother, ain't nobody, nobody's perfect in this, in this fucking world. Especially, I don't say especially firemen, but the guys listen to this, they can 
accept that and maybe not accept that, we definitely ain't fucking perfect. Absolutely not. I mean, I know uh, you and I have both been through <laughs> – we've been through struggles, in, you know, in the workplace and stuff. I know uh, you and I have both been guilty of, you know, ser- uh, essentially searching for greener pastures at other departments. Uh, yeah. You know, thinking – Thinking that, thinking that the grass is greener on the other side, you, you know, you make a move over there, you get over there, and it's like, fuck, this was not good. Um, yeah. And, but I also know, think when that shit happens, like you said, bro, we grew as we grew as people, we grew as as officers, or you know, we grew as firemen. And say, look, man, like sometimes it's not I, all that stuff I've taken as you know, I've done that. Like, it's okay to do that. But sometimes jumping the other side is just that's just better horse shit over there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, completely. You know, yeah, that's yeah, completely. That's been a hard lesson learned for myself as well. And it was a hard lesson. And I think just now, like everything else we've talked about, like the change has to happen somewhere. And I don't want people to feel like shit. Like hey, it's gonna happen, man. I regret going yeah. to do search and rescue. I left where I was at in North Houston to go do that. I regret it. But you know what? I did it. I could say I did it. And now I tell people, mm, sometimes you got to weigh your options a little harder. You know, right? I've always been a just jump to figure out what's fucks on the other side after. <laughs> and it hasn't, <laughs> I had to slow that down a little bit. Some kind of base plants were starting to hurt a little too much. Well, that, and I mean, but really, like, you know, you've been a fighter for a long time, too. What's it like, you know, when you're. It, that is what it's like when you walk into a ring. You're just jumping in the ring. You don't. I mean, you know what that other guy is capable of, of course, and you watch their film and everything like that. But you don't really know what that motherfucker's like when he's going to hit you in the face till you jump into it and they hit you in the face. True, and, and you know, and I think that's maybe that's why professionally, you know, professionally job wise, that I've just kind of taken it on the chin because everything else I've taken on the chin, and mm-hmm. you know. I yeah, I think I now that we talk about that out loud, I think it's probably why. It's just well fuck, I get paid to go take this on the chin, I might as well take everything else on the chin. And <laughs> I and I did that for so long that you know, not fighting wise, it, it definitely started the there were definitely some effects from it. Right. Yeah, and I, I mean I know you of course you've listened to all the shows and everything and uh like one of the one of the big deals I was hitting uh, on, on you know the previously named show and stuff was was just talking about good morality and making good, good decisions, trying to coach a little bit on uh, you know finances and you know personal life shit. Um, you and I both have made a million mistakes in our personal lives. Um, shit, I think it's probably more than that. <laughs> yeah, same, yeah, and, and still making them. Yeah, uh, but you know, I, I remember you and I having a, a really hard conversation out here. You know, when you were working with me in the plant, and uh, we were talking about, you know, really and truly just m- trying to make good decisions and and really believing in karma and, um, you know, finally making good choices and that allow you the ability to not hurt other people or in turn hurting yourself. But that also kind of opens it up where when you put good out, you get good in, in all aspects. And I'm not, you know, I'm not getting super religious, preachy, anything like that, but that's just, that's a fact of the universe. Like if you're putting shit out there and negativity and screwing people over and hurting other people and all that kind of stuff, like it just, from everything I've learned. And then of course, you know, I'm talking to you and everything about like the whole time that you were going through all that kind of shit too. And you were doing that, you weren't getting much good back. 
No, it was. Um, it is definitely a. Uh, you're definitely gonna reap what you sow, man. And unfortunately, some of the shit that you're gonna sow is shit that you didn't, you never wanted to sow. Like, I, I, I can't. Ex- you're not. I'm not gonna excuse anybody or anybody's behavior or any of that. But, but just some of the shit that that happens, you, you don't want that shit to happen. You know, the person I am now. You know, years back, I wouldn't want to hurt anybody like that or cause the karma to come back like that, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's okay. And I think that's what, you know, I think it's what a lot of people speaking just from experience. I think it's what a lot of the guys are so defensive and scared about is, dude, it's, it's all right. You know what I'm saying? Like there's people out there. It's, it's all right. People fuck up. It's okay to not be perfect. You know, I trust someone more saying, hey, you know what? I robbed a bank, killed someone, whatever. I trust them 10 times more than I would somebody tell me I'm perfect. Nah, I thought, fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. No. I, nah. And, and I completely agree with you. Um, and I really, I, I think uh, knowing, you know, you and I have a ton of the same friends, everything like that. Um, firefighters in general are pretty rough around the edges. Uh, you know, I, I would say a large percentage. Now, you do have your your smaller percentage of, of folks that don't necessarily, you know, haven't have walked the same shoes as everybody else. But I would say overall, uh, a large percentage of firefighters are really pretty rough around the edges. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they've they've not made the best decisions. They've, uh, you know, been been divorced, gone through shit, have, uh, you know, have to deal with with the custody stuff with their kids, have gone through financial, you know, whatever it is. Um, a lot of firefighters ain't, they're not perfect. And a lot of people want to, I think, kind of act like that. Or I know as a fire service in general, we went through a, a pretty hard phase there where it was like, no, if you've basically ever screwed up in your personal life, like you're not getting hired, you know, and that mm-hmm. got pushed with a lot of the polygraph crap and, and all that yep. stuff. Like I, you would, you would literally see like departments and I'm not knocking that all whatsoever, but you would literally see departments that the only guys that were getting hired is people that went to like private school or homeschool, never yeah. really never held like a, a job outside of, of anything, still lived at home with their parents, never really, you know, went and lived life and stuff. And then now you're seeing a big push coming back where it's like, shit, man, sometimes we need these rough around the edges guys and, and girls out here that, uh, you know, when the co kids beating your ass in the damn road ditch, uh, yeah. I don't need the I don't need the guy that's never uh, been punched in the face, <laughs> or or not uh, even just that. You know, I heard uh, I heard the story a long time ago. I think I was still working at the sheriff's office down south. Uh, somebody told me that they interviewed, they did a polygraph, and they lied about something stupid, and they didn't get hired. And they were like, "Yeah, I was talking to the chick outside." And she was telling me that she was 100% honest and that she did cocaine all through high school. And they hired her. I'm like, yeah, you dumbass, because at least she told the truth. And now looking back and I'm like, holy fuck, you know, and nobody's perfect. But she at least she owned up. I ain't fucking perfect. And, and it took a long time to be okay with that. You know, yeah, I got rough around the edges, but I don't do any of that other shit. Shit, right. people fuck, fuck up, bro. You know, I, I'm just just like everybody else. And I, and I think that's what I've become very okay with is thank God I'm, I'm the real me and I'm okay with that. I fucked up. 
I don't want to do it again. And uh, that's the only thing I can change and accept that I'm not going to do it again. Absolutely. I mean, I, you and I have had a million conversations about that. Uh, you know, at the station and everything else, we both we both feel the exact same way when it comes to that. And uh, you know, I remember. I really wish I would have had it uh, recorded the other day. You know, you really, you broke some shit down to me the other day, um, really when I needed it. Uh, and we were talking about uh, basically demons and stuff and, and how uh, firefighters all kind of suffer from demons and but aren't really willing to face it and stuff. And it took you a long time to really be able to face it. And a lot of the times you were coming to work to hide from that shit. Do you remember that conversation? Oh, yeah. We were talking. Uh, yeah. I, in fact, I, I can't believe I actually remember that conversation. Um, <laughs> we, we were talking about just, uh, you know, the way some people act. Dude, you know, our job in 911 is to serve people, just like the, Cleto said, the cliche says, on people's worst day, right? That, that is our job. That's what we do. That's what 911 is for. People's worst day of their lives. And I remember there for a long time that I was working so much overtime and working so much just to show up to work, just to completely negate my own life because at least everything else that was going on wasn't my problem. You know, I think that's about the gist that I, that I said, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't have to face my own demons. I was facing everybody else's, you know, so you got to, yeah, yeah. And that's the truth. I mean, and some of us, you never see it. Uh, you know, we we all, it's a thing now. Uh, not, I don't say now. It's always been a thing. It's just something that's coming out in the past years it talked about. Like, first responder suicide. Like, them people fighting demons, bro. Like, it's no joke. It just, that's the reality of what it is. Regardless of what caused it, it could be work. It could be home. It could be at work not enough at home (laughs) yeah who who the fuck knows it could just be whatever but um the greatest thing that i would say you know with the demons is it's okay you're not by yourself you know and i do because i can't remember everything but we definitely bring it up let's talk about it again but uh yeah there was some good stuff we talked about that yeah, you were saying uh, something that, that really resonated with me with that whole conversation was you were saying, and, and that was when we were working together, uh, yeah. you know, and, and being completely honest, uh, you know, at that point in time, we had got so bad on staffing and everything. You and I were working, we were getting, because it was COVID, so we were under disaster declaration. So basically the fire department, for those of you that don't know, uh, there's a 72-hour rule, essentially, uh, law in the Texas fire departments where you can only get mandatory at overtime for 72 hours unless you're under a natural disaster. Well, the entire state during COVID was under disaster declaration. So they could essentially mandatory us infinity and beyond, and they did. Uh, oh, yeah. I changed my, my mailing address to the fuck firehouse there for a while. Literally. Literally, folks. Uh, but for nearly 10 months, RJ and I worked um, 96 hours on, 48 hours off together. Um, basically, we got we were the only two captains. And so if it was my shift, paramedic. we would be working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you were the only paramedic at that point. But basically what happened was if it was my shift, RJ would ride overtime on mine. If it was his shift, I would be overtime on his. 
Um, and, and we were on the engine together, just basically flip-flopping between the officer seat and the captain seat or the driver seat, depending on whose shift it was. Uh, but we did that for about 10 months. And, um, you know, during this time, I didn't know that RJ's going through this stuff, you know, and we're, we're right there side by side together basically every day. Um, mm-hmm. you know, running calls together, doing crazy shit, uh, <laughs> had, had some pretty good times actually. Um, yeah. but I honestly, I had no idea, uh, of the stuff that was going on, you know, basically in your head and the shit you were dealing with at home with, you know, you and I both have kids around the same age and you're stuck at the fire station. So you're not getting to see them. Um, and you were basically taking all that shit on the chin, and, but it was eating you alive on the inside. And, yep. um, you know, you're coming to work and masking it. You were completely masking it all with exactly what you're saying. You know, we were able to, um, for, to use your words or what you, you know, you said the other day to me, you were able to go and run those calls and basically be someone else's hero because you couldn't be your own. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. um, that someone just, actually be happy to see you instead of you looking in the mirror being disappointed. That's the way that I felt. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there, for mean, long, was, there for a long time, you know, and you can only mask that shit for so long before it comes out in other ways. And, you know, I'd be that voice of reason. Like, the way that it came out for me was not <laughs> uh, in any way, shape, or form good on any level. So, do you mind sharing? I mean, it, it destroyed a lot of personal things. Um, I was a very violent person. You know, when it would come out and it would hit its brick wall, uh, I was violent, man. And it didn't matter who, where, what, I just... The, you know, not being okay with not talking about it was killing me because I knew something was wrong, you know, but, um, yeah. And the sad like, thing is like being completely honest as your friend, like I knew something was wrong on certain days because there was days you would come in and mind you, we were, we were running our, our asses off there for a while because of the COVID stuff. And, you know, you're running back to back plus your short staff, but there would be days that you would come in and you would like want to come work out with us. And, you know, you're down there, like we're hanging out, talking on the bumper and all that kind of shit. But then there was days you would come in and have your sweatpants on and be basically zone the fuck out in your room. Yeah. And like, I would know something's up and like, I come to your door or whatever and be bullshitting with you and stuff. And you could, you would interact with me and basically turn it off. But like, it was very obvious that something was there, but it's like, you know, what do I say? What do I do? True. Uh, and I think that's, that's the biggest downfall of, of firemen, bro. Like, as a brother, as a sister, as a spouse, like, you know, something's wrong, but you can't, I don't say you can't force someone to talk, but in all actuality, you can't, it's about comfort. Like right now, like, you know, it's just us talking, but yeah, it's going to be out there for the whole world to hear. Like, it's okay. Like it's even thinking about talking about it gets, gets me emotional because it's, I fuck so much stuff up. But in the end of that, I fuck so much stuff up that I can just say, I don't ever want to be like that. I, I don't want to, you know, that happened. I, I don't want to be like that. And it's okay. You know, it's not okay that it happened in the past, but guys, you know, you can't change the past. You, you can't go, you can't go 10 minutes in the past and get there sooner to pull a victim out that you couldn't have been able to save anyway. You can't go two minutes faster to the hospital to get someone to a cath lab that may or may not have made it. 
you can't change the past. And the, the easiest thing is it's okay. You can't, but you can grow from it. You, you cannot be that person again or not whatever. And it's just, uh, firemen have such a strong poker face, man. Just like you said, they could, you can visually tell someone is fucked up. They're not okay. Ten minutes later, them motherfuckers could be sitting on a bumper with you, drinking a fucking rock star, having a conversation, <laughs> and, you know, you think everything's fine. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not one of them other, what was that damn, uh, what was that drink the guys got for you that time? They, they tried to make you uh, smile and brought you, what was it? The damn dragon something? <laughs> oh, the drink. Yeah, the rock star? <laughs> Oh no, that was yeah, that, but, uh, that was that, it like, was that Chernobyl, yeah, that Chernobyl, <laughs> Chernobyl mixer, whatever the hell it was. That I swear they were trying. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, here, here, Cap, you can drink this." I'm like, hey, "Yeah, you're out of your fucking mind. I'm not drinking that. I can't even read half of it." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I still that drink stayed in the fridge because they bought like three or four of them for you. That damn thing stayed in the fridge till after I was gone. I think. Uh, but, um, I can say right now when I. Uh, on my exodus, they were still in the fridge. They did not go with me. <laughs> oh man! But I, no, I really, I we joke and cut up and stuff, and and it is a serious subject. But it's uh, it's so awesome to me that you were basically able to finally make that realization, look yourself in the mirror, and just decide to wake up every day and just do better. Uh, you know you. You had, you know, you had to accept what it is. Like you said, you can't go back in the past. You can't change the shit. It is 100% what it is. But you were able to just now, you get up there. I mean, what is there something that you say every day when you wake up? I mean, what what's kind of your routine now to keep yourself, you know, your head above water and keep trucking along? <laughs> Do you, I, honestly, uh, I went back to fighting. You know, just found and, an uh, an outlet for you. Yeah, I, and fighting, unfortunately, you know, I guess, uh, I guess for my parents, they say it's a bad thing because I'm getting punched in the head all the time. But like, it's just my outlet. So I guess to anybody, like, you just got to find your outlet. Staying in the house, drinking, doing whatever you're doing, like, you got to find an outlet somewhere. And sometimes you got to be okay. You know, a lot of us don't want to talk to nobody, right? They're, they're like, I don't talk to nobody. I don't want to get put on stuff. Shit, some of us need it. I do. You know, and right. there for a long time, I was like, hell no. Hell to the fuck no. Never. Never going to happen. I will not become one of those people. And here I am. And I'm fucking better for it. You know, it, I think there is a there is like a, a misconception on the, the talking about it deal. Like I, I, of course, I'm no shrink or anything like that, and of course, I'm I'm learning about all this kind of stuff just honestly because of. I think um, a lot of people they think that the talking about it stuff has to be like maybe this just super like sob story, you know. I don't I don't want to speak for everybody because I don't really know, but I know those of you that are my really close friends that that have basically looked looked themselves in the mirror and, and made this decision like. We're not sitting around having these phone conversations or, or talking in person about how, you know, all the the just bloody gory, I want to kill myself, like all that kind of stuff. Like I, I've never personally had 
those kind of like I got to rush over here and like pull a gun out of your mouth conversations because we're able to have the little conversations throughout the way. So to me, it doesn't seem like where you have ever got like me and you like, of course, I don't know everything, but it doesn't seem like it's gotten to that point uh, with our conversations. It's just more or less of, Hey man, you know, you're doing good today or whatever. Nah, man, I'm, you know, feeling kind of crummy today, but this is what I'm doing today to make it better. No, man. But, uh, you know, this is where part of, you know, being an officer and leading from the front is, is, uh, I have hit that point, bro. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, whether, uh, that's, that might be a big shock to a lot of people or not. Um, I can say, uh, yeah. Uh, once I've, uh, I've hit that point very, what I thought was a very bottom, like ringing on a fucking, you know, uh, a storage tank bottom. You could just hear it fucking echoing everywhere. I was like, yep, uh, I think I'm done. And thank, obviously, (laughs) I'm still here. It wasn't, um, you know, but uh, I've hit it and I'm still here and and. I want to say I'm better for it. I definitely don't wish that on nobody. But uh, I don't even know what to say. It was just a... Man, I don't even know what to say for my own self. I think it's probably the very first time that I've I've said that out loud to other... Not just, you know, to where it's going to be heard worldwide you know but um well hell i about to say i didn't even know like <laughs> i mean yeah, i know you uh, had yet yet again man uh firemen are very good at poker faces you know yeah. they they could be struggling with whatever and they have a job to do man to them they have a job to do even though they can't do the job they can't take care of themselves almost had to learn that a very hard way and unfortunately if, if it already got to that it never would have been learned so that's about the best thing I could say is I was able to learn it, you know, and, I, and I'm still learning it. You know, everybody has their, their day-to-day struggles, but, you know, to shit, uh, you find me on social media or whatever, man, you'd be like, hey, man, I heard you and, you know, I need to talk. Fuck yeah, let's talk. We, we don't need to meet for us to have a conversation. But uh, that's that's what I would say is is having these conversations and being able. The hardest part about this is being able to swallow your pride and have the conversation. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, we're talking about change and talking about this, and you know, this has to change. Well, to me, being able to sit here in my own house, knowing that we're going to record this and it's going to be put out there for everyone to hear. And be like, look, I've hit that point. Like, I, you know, I've had it there, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I'm, but if I didn't say anything, then I can't really sit here and say, oh, yeah, it needs to change. We need to talk about it. We do. And, you know, I'm still a very fully functioning person. It's just, we yeah, all hit the low yeah, point. We all hit, yeah, we all hit that low point man and and i think it was that point where i was like you know with accumulation of other things you know i need to 
I, I need to do something. And I, I'm, you know, still fine-tuning things, you know. Um, and now that I've gotten back into to training and just that outlet and then, you know, riding, you know, riding the street bike or, or racing, you know, it's definitely helped me relieve that stress. I never I really, say, you know, back that, in our young, you... yeah, but we never realized all no. oh, the older guys are saying, oh, we need an outlet. Ah, that's bullshit. No, you do. <laughs> yeah, right. you do. Yeah, you most certainly do. Well, and that's, uh, yeah, that's been something that, that I've, doing this show, honestly, I've reflected uh, a, a lot on just, you know, my career in general and just all, all the learning experiences and everything that I've been through in this and the other. Um, but I do remember, and I talked about it in that one show uh, a couple shows ago or whatever, where, you know, I did have a, one of the older medics that I work with, and she'd tell me, you know, you gotta you got to slow down. you got to quit working so much, blah, blah, blah. I know finances are hard. But you're gonna you're gonna burn yourself out, you know, blah 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 blah. And yeah, the you know, twenty, twenty one, twenty two year old me was like, Yeah, right, whatever, you know, uh I'm yeah. good, I'm good. Uh, is that I mean that's been a lesson learned for me, you know, hardcore. But is that really what attributed to all that is, you know, working so much? Because, uh, I, I mean, honestly, it's all learning. Uh, like I said, you know, you and, and a couple of my other really close friends are, are who I've kind of had to – I've never personally had to deal with that. So, for me, it's all a learning experience of how to help my friends. Um, I've never I, I don't, I've never I don't, been really, at that point. So I don't really know, man. I don't know. You know, there for a long time, um, I was working full-time fire job. I was working to – I think at one point in time I had five nine one one EMS or five nine one one agency jobs that I was working at one time. So I was definitely going from one to the other, and you know, and the EMS agency, obviously that you know of on the east side, is no joke and not slow whatsoever. And no, so we're talking you... 20, 20, 30 calls a day that are badass trauma calls for people that don't know the the agency that he was he was working for is. If you're going to get into EMS to do, you know, the the shooting, stabbings, the craziness and everything, that is where you work, which is also where RJ and I met was in that area and it is wide as open. Yeah. So, you, you will definitely uh you'll get tested as a medic there for sure, but you also see shit that I can't honestly say, man. You know, because I don't really think it matters where we are. I just think over a matter of time, it was just for me I think why it hit it like my 2016, 17, it started to hit real hard was because I was just in high volume departments. So I was seeing shit that some people maybe at 12 years may have seen, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I I mean, that that's obviously something that somebody I'm sure is already doing a research on is, Hey, what is the, what's the link between what these guys are seeing or how many times they're seeing it and what's it causing them. I I just think it's the fact that I had the shitty mentality, which is truly what it is that I was fucking superhuman and never needed to talk to anybody. And I could do whatever the fuck I wanted, whenever the fuck I wanted, because I was a fireman and it was a shit ass attitude, horrible shit ass fucking attitude. And it damn near made me pay for it. Mm. Man, uh, 
Yeah, I, I really don't even know what to say. Um, besides, you're a hundred percent spot on, and I know that that is a lot of fucking people. That's a lot of fucking people that are literally either have recovered from it themselves, or you know they're looking that shit in the mirror right now. Um, because yeah, it, and there are still me, days, man, that I don't want to look in the mirror. Like, and I, to be honest, there are still days that <laughs> it, you know, and uh, there's days I'll shave in the dark. Or I'll shower and shave because I, to be and I'm just being 100 percent honest, but I, I don't want to look at a mirror. I get to work, I do my job. There's no mirrors around. Just one of those. It's to get up every day and you're gonna beat this. You know, talk to somebody, get some help. Can't do this shit on your own. We don't fight fire by ourselves. It's not just you in the truck. And I think that's one of the things that I had to start looking at is. A fucking team to fight fire. You can't do this shit yourself. You fight alone, but you don't train alone. When you go into a fight, there's a team that preps with you. A coach, trainers, nutritionists. It's a fucking team. You're not by yourself. And I think that I was like, okay, this is just another part of the team. Mm. Yeah, that's a, and I mean, even when you are fighting, you got a coach and everybody else right there on the ringside with you. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a very good way of looking at it. Uh, and and it probably, I would say a lot of the reason why guys do try to take that on their own is because as firefighters, we are, you know, we're strong people. You you don't get into this business to to not want to be a badass. I mean, you know, unless you're one of the, the small percentage of people that are in this for the wrong reasons, which we all know some of those, but the ones that are mm-hmm. truly in this for the right reasons, you – you're getting in here to kick ass and that's a, uh, that's a hard realization that you really do need help with certain shit, but you're a hundred percent spot on. You know, you don't, you don't fight fire by yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's shit. That's perfect. Uh, damn. Yeah. Learn something new every day, man. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, like I said, you know, me personally, I've never, I've never been at that point. Like I've never, um, the, the bad calls, the crazy shit you see, all that kind of stuff, like, to be perfectly honest, has never never necessarily uh, affected me in that level. Um, I have been what, – what gets to me and what gets me worked up and keeps me up at night and shit like that is um, horrible leadership and lack of caring of people and the stress that that causes. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, the, you and I have had a million of those conversations, but that really is, that's the shit that's fucked with me through my career is, is sitting here and it's like, how can you fucking not give a shit about your people? Like, that's the stuff that bothers me. It's not the, you know, the stuff with kids. It's not the, you know, burn bodies, anything like that. Like that stuff has never, never bothered me, honestly, but the, uh, just the horrible, horrible treatment of firefighters has what has fucked with me for years. And, um, so for me, having so many friends that go through these struggles and everything, it really is. It's been a, a hard learning curve for me to learn how to help, to learn how to um, be the one that you know guys can confide in. If you want to, if you want to put it that way, uh, that guys can come to to be able to learn to recognize those situations. Like if I didn't care about you and you and I weren't friends and we didn't have, you know, the strong brotherhood and everything like that, like I would be able to have recognized when you were having shit days. Now I didn't know what to do about it, but I know something ain't right. And that's a lot of, that's, you know, that's a lot of it too. Like there are a lot of people that don't know what to do. And unfortunately, 
you know, just saying, uh, even if they don't talk, man, just giving someone the option. Hey, man, you want to talk? Oh, what the fuck are you talking about? Look, man, I, man, woman, whatever. I know something ain't right. Just, if you want to talk, just let me know. We'll talk. Whatever about whatever you want. Just even that at least gets them out of the funk to being, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it almost like, I call it a check hook. It, it checks it, you know, and allows you to get back and get back on defense to say, fuck. You know, I, I don't want, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And that, that's really what a lot of mine was. You know, I, I had, before I pissed it away, I had I had great, uh, you know, help trying to say you're not, something's not right, something's not right. And I ignored it for so long, man, that sometimes you just piss things away, you know, or people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, the, but the beauty is, is as people were able to, fix a lot of that and you know wake up every day and and be like okay well you know today is not the same as yesterday i have exactly. a fresh start today and and especially even like you know relationships and shit that you fucked up we do have the ability to fix a lot of relationships it may not be an overnight fix and you know it may not be pretty but you can uh you know you have the ability to as you grow and everything like that, you have the ability to fix relationships and be like, Hey, you know, the guy that I was 10 years ago is not the guy, guy that I am today, or even the guy you are yesterday, whatever, stuff like that. And I know that's something that you personally had to do and went through and all that. Yeah. Still trying to every day, still trying to remind myself that, Hey, you, you ain't that person They're for a long time because, you know, and I'll be honest, they were, um, uh, I don't know if it was one or two. Um, there were some fights that I was in, man, that I wasn't mentally in. I was there. I was like, oh, I'm going to get my ass kicked. Like, I'm not taking anything away. Like, I got beat, but it was just like, I deserve this. Like, I'm going to get fucked up. Damn. Like, almost purposely? Not so much purposely. Like, I was there to win, but I was also there to take an ass whooping, too. Damn. <laughs> That's his real. <laughs> That's a real fucking consequence. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a lot of people out, out there today that I don't think I've ever even been in a fight, much less, you know, fought in a ring. And uh, that's, that's, <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, anytime that I, I got in any kind of boxing ring and stuff like that when I was younger, it was always going into win. It wasn't, you didn't have that mentality of, oh, shit, I'm going to get my ass whooped or, or not even being in the zone. Like, if you weren't in the zone, you really didn't fight that day. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, it affected a lot of stuff, you know, and, this, you know, I and I think it's why the rejuvenation. You know, I've had some people say, "Man, you're 38. Why the fuck are you gonna try?" Because I think <laughs> it's a rejuvenation now. Like I go in now, I don't have the mentality. Like I'm there to do my job, and that's not. Do I think I'm gonna make a career? This no, but fuck, you never know. Stranger shits happen. So <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, man, there's. There's all kinds of professional athletes that that do phenomenal, you know, older in life and stuff because their maturity level and their their mental health is there. Yeah, that wouldn't have been there at fucking twenty years old because of literally everything you've already said. That's that's across all spectrums. I mean, not just with firemen. Um, and I, that's probably honestly what's giving you a lot of success at the department that you're at right now and with the crew that you have right now is you're not the same person you were at fucking ten years ago, fifteen years ago. True. Uh, You know, we've talked about this before, like, you end up where you're supposed to end up, 
you know, at the time you're supposed to be there. And I, I guess you're right. I guess that applies to everything. Like you're going to end up with whatever, when it's supposed to happen, you know, all that stuff's, I don't say destiny or whatever. I don't, I don't nostalgic or whatever the fuck that word is, but you know, it, it's just, you're right. There are some things that didn't happen at that point in time because you weren't, you're somebody new or something new. You weren't ready for that. And then there are some things that happen that you weren't ready for and you fuck up and you're right. You can just go back and fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I love the meme that you said the other day about, uh, you know, are you gonna, are you gonna continue and to learn? Or are you just gonna, uh, basically fail, like give up and fail? Like yeah, it was. Every, uh, you take every win and you take every everything, every loss. But that's just man, the learning where, curve. Where the hell did I hear? That was definitely not my uh, my gem. If the person <laughs> happens to be listening to this, that come up with that. But it it says you. Uh, there's two roads in life. You're either winning, learning, or uh, fuck. I can't remember. You're winning or learning was one road, or you're just taking life's losses to the face or something like that. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely not my gem. And the way that I worded it, anybody that knows me is be like, he didn't write that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, man. Well, uh, shit. What else, what else you got, man? Cause you pretty well blow me <laughs> away with, uh, the amount of basically just, you know, knowing you as long as I have, it's, it's awesome to, to watch the growth. Because, you know, I've been in the in the cussing matches with you where, you know, you're literally fucking imploding <laughs> to now you're actually shedding, you know, a lot of wisdom out. And, and it's, you know, I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm just saying, like, it's really it's it's awesome to watch the essentially the learning curve and everything over the last several years. Uh, it's just it's super impressive to me, you know, uh, for me to be able to watch it and learn from you. Yeah. Um, no, man, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I think, you know, the people listening to it is just, it's really, the show is really just about the movement, man, just trying to be what the departments were back in the day. This job used to be something, somebody, there were thousands of applicants at any posting, it didn't matter where it was, and now you could barely get a fucking handful of po- people to show up, you know, and it's because... It was never about the money. <laughs> you didn't have thousands of people applying to be fucking rich firemen. If you, that's what you're thinking, somebody fucking lied to you. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know, it has never been about money with this job, but he wanted the brotherhood, and I think it's starting to get out that it's just not what it was anymore. You know, the time off is great or whatever, all that. But if you're a real fireman. Time off just means you can work a side job somewhere. But in all actuality, so time off doesn't mean shit to us. You know, it's right. just it's the time what needs to happen, you know, and, and to say that guys need you need to take time. You know, I, I think that, you know, in closing statement to what we talked about, you have to take time. You know, don't if you work at a forty eight ninety six, which is probably the best schedule to be on, unless you're on a Houston schedule with no debit day. <laughs> um, yeah, right. 
take your time off, man. Refresh. Come back to work. Ready to go again. You know, if you've been on vacation for X any amount of time, five, six days, seven days, and you're like, damn, I'm ready to go back to the firehouse, that's how it should be each day you get off. It shouldn't be work a whole shit of hours, go home for 12 hours, and then turn around and go back. Like, you, unfortunately, that's you're not doing anybody any good, especially yourself. Uh, no, absolutely not. That really just exact, exacerbates the problem. Yeah. Um, that's 100%. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. That's, that's how I feel. Um, that's something that I've been preaching, especially to, to dads and, and moms, parents, you know, parents in the fire service, that's, you had kids, uh, you know, working all these side jobs and stuff. That's, you can buy them all the shit in the world, but you can't ever give them that time back. And I just, I know a million, especially dads being honest, especially dads that literally work their life away at this fire job and this EMS job and blah, 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 all the way down the line, you know, bouncing back and forth and they're never at home with their kids. I'm guilty of it. I know you're guilty of it. Fuck yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not right. It's not right for you as, you know, as a person and you know, it's, you know, it's not right for your mental health at all um, because of the stress and just too much fire station time basically, but it's damn sure not right to your kids. Yep. Um, I know that's something that, you know, your kids and stuff have, have moved back in with you recently and you've been like super fucking stoked about, um, has that, what, what has that really shown you of having the more time off and being around your kids more? What has that shown you? Like, honestly, uh, man, I missed so much time at the beginning. Um, it just, that's really the the meat and potatoes of it. I missed so much time at the beginning that I can't get back. There's nothing you can do or anything that's ever going to get that time back for you. So the fact that it's there now is just just like anything else. You don't piss it away. Completely. That's yeah. That's literally. You talk about looking in the mirror. That's what I look in the mirror and <laughs> realize myself. Um, with my little one. Is the exact same thing, and I know that there's a million other other guys out there that either are making those mistakes for you know financial reasons or hardships or anything like that. Totally understand, but the, yeah, the the kids the kids don't need to suffer for you to be a firefighter. And no, I mean, um, which I'm I'm so fucking happy that your kids are living with you again and you're able to to have that. When- Nothing beats coming in the house in the morning and hear "Daddy." <laughs> you know, there's nothing, yes. nothing that beats that. I can tell you that there is no, there is no fucking fire tone. There is no any amount of structure fires a day that are ever going to beat that sound of "Daddy." You know, when you walk in the door in the morning, it just nothing can beat that. So. Take a while last, man, because, you know, sooner or later, it's going to be like, no, oh, that's home. <laughs> oh, fuck me, right? You know, <laughs> little bastard. Man, yeah. I mean, you're, but you're 100%, 100% correct. That, that is that is one of the best feelings in the world. Absolutely, it is. You walk in and, uh, you know, the kids are, are happy and excited that you, you came home. And, man, uh, well, man, I uh, – <laughs> 
I know you got actually speaking of kids, you got to go get them wrapped up and ready for bed and all that stuff. Man, I'm so stoked that you came on the show. I know we've been talking about it for a while and just trying to get everything lined out and finally getting the software rigged up where I could could get you on and and everything. Uh, yeah, anything in closing, bro? Like, you know, anything that you 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 know what this movement is about um, and what what the Third Alarm Cowboys is all about and just the, that we're trying to bring everybody along and underneath you know, underneath our wings or whatever, however you want to put it, uh, what's what's something that you'd say to everybody that's coming along with this? Because we got people of all ranks, people of all ages, you name it, it's there. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, just in closing for me, you know, it's if anyone thinks or has thought that, man, that's just a bitch session, whatever, man, it's people talking. And you can't, you can't handle the talk. You, there's an off button somewhere over there you can fucking click and stop fucking listening. But, it's just people having a conversation. And yet again, that's the problem with most firemen don't want to have a conversation. Go back to the tailboard. Most, some of the most difficult fucking conversations used to be on the front of that truck. Other than other than getting ridden up or something, if a lieutenant or anybody in your crew said, hey, man, let's, let's go outside and sit on the front of the truck, <laughs> you knew something was about to come out. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's not a bitching session, man. It's just what we want the fire service to be like, it's not like we're saying we want the fire service to be where you can just go fucking stab some motherfucker in the back and get whatever, whatever. No, nah, man, go back to the brotherhood that I can't wait to get to work. Cause I've been off for five days and chill with my crew and make some good calls and help some people and do this. That's what I'm talking about. Like I'm sure that there are still houses out there, but the majority of the houses I've been around or seen, Hopefully, I'm not the problem. <laughs> you right. Know, yeah. Um, you know, and if I was to, to become a, a change that say, um, whatever, that was what I would say in closing. I'm sure there's stuff we missed that we're like, damn, I thought we were going to talk about that. So uh, I'm looking for uh, forward to round two and three and six and ten. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, no, and that we're going to. Uh... Once we actually get your your date set and everything for uh for your fight and all that, well, we definitely gonna have you back on and, and talk a whole lot more about just all the fighting stuff and the direction of your career as far as that goes and intertwining you know what that's like doing that and then having to come into the fire station after <laughs> you got your face beat in. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure. Uh, so I'm gonna be fighting at cruiserweight, so I'll be fighting at 200 pounds. So I was two. The heaviest I think I've ever been was two fifty, and I'm down to like two. I think the last time I was on a scale like two eighteen. So I got I still got another eighteen pounds to go. So okay. I'd damn it be fifty pounds for this fight that I've lost, you know. And a lot of that was stress induced and shit like that. But um, you know, it's definitely gonna be a good time. When it when are you putting the show out? Is it gonna be before the nineteenth of this month? Um, yeah, I'm going to try to put it out here pretty, pretty quick sometime in the next, in the next few days. So, uh, you know, I'll be at the Battle of the Badges out in Galveston. You heard this podcast, come up and tell us how good, uh, Heath is doing and hopefully you'll get to hear me on here a whole lot more. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, um. Yeah, and for those that you don't know, Battle of the Badges is a, is a pretty badass fundraiser that goes on in, in Galveston, Texas in, uh, the month of November, It'll be on November 19th. Um, and yep. basically what it is, 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 uh, 
men and women from fire departments and police departments from all around the Houston, Texas, Galveston, Texas area. Um, Shit, it's anything, much, man. Nurse, any anything first responder now. It's nurses, fucking dispatchers. Oh, it's, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, they got people out there for doing all kinds of shit. But uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, well, it, it's a good event, that. man. That 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 battle of the bats is, is definitely uh, very well put together. It's a hell of a show. So yeah, go out it's and support, man. Fundraiser, yeah, it's a yeah. huge fundraiser. Um, and we, RJ and I have, uh, we have several friends that are fighting on on Team Red for the firefighters and. RJ probably knows several of the cops. I just don't that are fighting. But um, yeah, if you're in that area, uh, I won't. Go I won't verbally. I won't verbally say I know anybody fighting for the blue. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a great fundraiser. So yeah, if uh, you know anybody in that area looking for you know something to do uh, for November nineteenth, go check that out. It, yeah, like RJ said, it's a badass show, um, and it it goes on. There's a lot of fights. Oh shit! There's probably. I don't. I, I saw the fight card. I haven't seen it recently because you know how, just like anything else, fights drop out. There's at least ten to twelve, if not fourteen, good solid fights on there. Hell yeah! And people are like, "Oh, how the hell?" I mean, it's three one minute rounds, but you know those guys they get to walk out, so they'll do a little. It's trust me, it's something you've never seen before. It's definitely worth going to see. It's not expensive. It's for a good cause, man. It gets to see cops, firemen, and pretty much anybody else, public service, beat the hell out of each other for three <laughs> one-minute rounds. It's it's a fun time. And there's yeah. alcohol. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's the part that you go for is the after party. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is because uh, <laughs> everybody, you know, all the fighters and stuff, of course, then they come out and, you know, everybody, you know, they're represented from their departments and stuff like that. And uh, they'll come out and. And it's a pretty good show. So, yeah, if you're in the area, y'all go hit that up. And then, um, you know, stay tuned. We're going to have RJ on again and, and talk more about his fighting career and stuff like that as it progresses. And and basically we're going to be, uh, you know, backing him throughout his fight career as long as it lasts, however many fights he can get in before he's ready to hang it up. Um, he's going to be right here with us. as a, yeah. uh, <laughs> Hopefully it's uh, a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think you can. You're staying healthy. You know, I got to give you a huge compliment uh, just of, of how great you've been taking care of yourself as far as your nutrition and everything and, and the weight that you dropped and all that. And it's been definitely impressive to watch. Uh, you're doing badass with your fitness, uh, which is good. Um, Thank you. That, That's, that has a lot, lot to do with uh, my coach at Pound for Pound, man. He does not fuck around. That is not one man <laughs> that I want to make angry. And, and truthfully, you know, just with a lot of the content we talked about in this show, um, the, your fitness and, and your health, uh, you know, your mental health, that shit goes hand in hand. Yeah. So for yeah, guys, most... guys that are, that are out there, you know, struggling and stuff, uh, really one of the very first things that you can do aside from, from talking to somebody to just get kind of, you know, get a little accountability with somebody is start working on your fitness. You know, as firefighters, we eat like shit. We don't get any sleep. Uh, or stress the fuck out and you know your exercise is hit and miss at a lot of places um, mm-hmm. if you can start hammering down on those four pillars and they all go hand in hand and the stronger that you make one area it brings the rest of them up um, and that will help help tremendously with your mental health honestly um, yep so, you know, even if you even if you've ever considered man I thought about boxing or training or fight even if you don't ever want to fight to compete man just getting into something you know wrestling jiu-jitsu any any combat sport man you're you're gonna start seeing weight come off and 
is very functional, especially MMA training is very functional for what we do in firefighting because it uses every aspect, you know, up your legs, shoulders, arms, everything, you know, but, uh, yeah, it, workout, it, it was the greatest, uh, definitely one of the top things that helped change things around for me. Absolutely. But anyway, man, well, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the show, guys. Uh, you know, we're going to have RJ on back on for sure. I, uh, you know, encourage everybody, uh, keep sharing the podcast. Give us, uh, give us a review. Give us a comment. Keep sharing them. Get on, uh, you know, Facebook. We're Third Alarm Cowboys on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, do still have the YouTube, working on getting all that transitioned over to the new name and uh, the new brand and everything. And uh, you go subscribe on there, leave a comment, stuff like that. Um, shirts oh we got shirt we have a uh third alarm fighter coming out uh i don't know when the hell we're coming out with that yeah we're uh we're working on the designs right now we're gonna try to incorporate um rj's actual fighter logo into the third alarm cowboys logo uh and make him a uh basically you know a sponsorship fighting shirt for everybody to purchase for uh you know the folks that want to either just support his fight career or, uh, you know, we're going to attend any kind of the fight events, stuff like that. You know, you'll be able to wear their shirt and just and show the support for him. Uh, and, and, the the podcast. Him. and the podcast. And the podcast. And the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely the podcast. Um, so, yeah, we're working on all that right now. Uh, currently working on, on um, getting all of our designs together for our new apparel line. Uh, that will be coming out that, that is for the podcast that goes with the content. Got some stuff that's coming out. Um, uh, that some of it that's comical and everything, just going to be some pretty cool shirts working on all that, getting in contact with all the manufacturers and lining up all, you know, all my business aspects of that stuff. So I can do a pretty quick turnaround on those, those items for everybody. Uh, but yeah, just follow us on social media. Uh, keep sharing, but we're having a ton of people that are joining the, um, the Facebook page and that are, um, uh, just sharing, sharing all of our posts in general, I'm going to get a whole lot better about uh, starting to put out more, more of the content memes and everything like I did before. Those, those were real popular. So be on the lookout for that. But um, other than that, uh, one more thing, I do got to give a correction uh, on the last podcast where I, uh, you know, announced the, the new name and everything. I gave a shout out, a shout out to the Keith Ladd band. Uh, major correction on that. They're actually from Missouri instead of Arkansas. Uh, so that's my bad on that, but, um, I just, uh, I misread, but, um, anyways, I hope y'all are liking their music. Y'all continue to go check out their music on Spotify. They're a really kick-ass country music band. Um, who also the lead singer, he's a, he's a firefighter himself. So like we said all along during the show, you know, firefighters are involved in everything. You know, we do everything from other blue collar jobs to, to singers, musicians, artists, fighters, motocross riders, uh, you know, paramedics. Yeah, shit. We didn't. We didn't even. We didn't even dive into that. I'm still in yeah. hole for all of you people to like. I thought he said he races motocross. I do. I do. Yeah, he absolutely I do. does. I I didn't break anything major last last season except a couple of ribs. But uh, <laughs> you know, I was pretty proud of myself, and I was racing a 450, so I was happy. Yeah, yeah. You just came in there uh, gimping pretty bad to the station, yeah. which was comical to watch. But, um, yeah, we, I definitely – we're going to dive more into uh, into RJ's kind of – now that y'all got to know him, kind of know a little bit about his personality. Next time he comes on, we're going to talk more about, about the hobbies and the outlets of all the cool shit that firefighters do. Um, so, yeah, we're just – I'm going to continue to build this brand, build this movement around just 
badass people that are wanting to get shit done, kick doors down, be badass firefighters that serve the community. And, um, you know, that's our mission. That's our goal. And, and to, uh, make the next generation of firefighters, uh, better. So anyways, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Try to lose my way, but I won't stumble. Put you right back in your place, just like old Waylon said. Outlaw.